Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I want to continue the discussion we are having on the first angel's message. And, and again, the reason why I wanted to take some time to look at this, um, well, obviously with all the things that are going on right now, it just seems, it seems so insane doesn't it the things that are going on right now uh, in the culture i mean did you ever think that this would happen here in the united states um just the the culture war that's going on uh they want people to call babies thabies now things like that we are just bombarded absolutely bombarded with racism and there's uh, these word games that are being played like I think I think right now you can't call someone homosexual anymore because that's a that's now negative. Whereas that was something that they preferred. Where in the past you couldn't call them gay. Where now it's flipped. And but just the the culture the culture war. It's psychological warfare is what it is. It's exactly what we've talked about prior to with Yuri Bezmenov. And we're starting to see the censorship increase. I mean, if, as far as vaccines go, you can't even talk about them at all. You talk about them, and they'll take it down. I had a video that was taken down uh, recently on that very subject, and you can find that at www.truthtriumphantministries.org, and you can find it's called Vaccine Bias. Um, if you just click and find the the videos and and things that we've had deleted from YouTube it those things are still available though on Spotify Apple and Google podcasts if I'm not mistaken last time I checked they were so you can try to start tuning in there if you're if you're tuning in from YouTube if not then you know if something might get censored here and there you might have to go check the actual website and find find the the missing the missing uh podcast but the reason again why i wanted to talk about the first angel's message the last one we did was called reclaiming the first angel's message and the reason we wanted to talk about it is because of that censorship figure if the, if this stuff is going to continue to advance which all uh all signs are pointing that it will you know, right now it's vaccines and things like that. In the future, it's going to be quote-unquote hate speech, which will be prophecy. <laughs> prophecy will be considered hate speech because it it's a message of warning and judgment, and it's, it's a message of you're doing things wrong, and you need to do things right, otherwise the judgment of God is coming. And that upsets people. So that, that'll be considered hate speech. So I figured, you know, as the saying goes, cut it to the quick and, and just get to really the heart of what the true message is for these last days, which is the first, second, and third angel's message. So I wanted to take the time to unfold those. So I'm going to be very, um, very heavy on, on scripture today, which... Uh, the reason I want to do that is because I don't want you to think that any of the uh, the ideas I'm going to present to you today are my take or my interpretation. 
on scripture. This is what the Bible has to say. If you go to Isaiah chapter 28, it talks about their line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. That's how we study the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, and we get a little information from, from the Bible itself. We don't, we don't just make it up as we go, but we allow the Bible to be our teacher and allow it to guide exactly what sort of doctrines or outcomes that we come to. So last time we looked at the everlasting gospel, and I was talking about how the everlasting gospel is exactly that. It's, it's the everlasting gospel. So it was the gospel of the Old Testament as well. But I wanted to read to you from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, and this is page 392. Page 392, Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, where it says this about the Old Testament teachings and how it is related to the New. It says, The power of Christ, the crucified Savior, to give eternal life should be presented to the people. We should show them that the Old Testament is as verily the gospel in types and shadows as the New Testament is in its unfolding power. The New Testament does not present a new religion. The Old Testament does not present a religion to be superseded by the New. The New Testament is only the advancement and unfolding of the Old. Abel was a believer in Christ and was as verily saved by his power as was Peter or Paul. Enoch was a representative of Christ as surely as was the beloved disciple John. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. To him was committed the message of the second coming of Christ. And Enoch also, and there's a quote from scripture here from Jude, uh, well it's only one chapter, verses 14 and 15. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all. So, interestingly enough, back pre-flood, you had the message of when when Jesus would return the second time, even though this is before even his first coming, Enoch had that message of judgment where he talked about the Lord would one day return to the earth with thousands and thousands and thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand, you know, of his angels with him uh, to come and take back the earth. So Enoch, Enoch had that message according to Jude, way, way back pre-flood. So there's nothing new here. There's just been um, new details and new light given in regards to um, making it more clear what the overall message is, but no new light in the sense of some new doctrine in the New Testament. The only doctrine, if you could say that there's a new doctrine, is that the understanding of the sanctuary has now and in my mind especially has been really upgraded in that it's no longer the types and shadows that that you look to but now you look you still you still study it out you understand that the feast days point to actual prophetic events and that the furniture 
and all the things, the types and things that are in the sanctuary, all have spiritual connotations that we can understand either in the heavenly sanctuary where Christ is right now and the work that he's doing right now or in our own spiritual lives. So that's how those are to be understood and not necessarily in the actual forms themselves because that system, it has not been done away with in the sense that it's still extremely important, but the actual services themselves have discontinued, but they are still to be studied. And that's important to understand because there are many, many, many Christians out there that think that you need to keep the feast days in order to be saved. And that's simply not true. And if you ever guys ever want me to do a show on that, I will. We'll take a look at it. But as we are going through Revelation chapter 14, we finished up with the everlasting gospel, which we can see was in the Old Testament as well as in the New. And in verse 7 it says, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. So saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. So let's focus on that right now. Let's focus on what it means to fear God, according to scripture. Now there's a lot of information on this. There's a lot of information on this in the Bible. I found it amazing how much there was, uh, and I'm just going to present to you about five or six or maybe seven here verses, but there are, there are probably ten more that I could point you to that give you this same understanding. So let's go to the most clear one first. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 13 and 14. And now before we go there, right before we go there, I just want to ask you guys a question as far as like fearing God. What do you think fear God means? We all know that, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So fearing God, does that mean like trembling before him? Or what does that mean? A lot of people will tell you that it means, you know, to... to to really glorify him, to honor him, to praise him. And it does mean that. It definitely does mean that. But it has a specific uh, connotation and meaning in the scriptures. So let's take a look at exactly what that means. Again, this is the one of the more one of the more clear ones from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. And Solomon stated here: let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So, fearing God is associated with keeping his commandments. Let's take a look at another verse. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Now, froward, the word froward means someone who is looking to be antagonistic, someone who's looking for a fight for no reason. 
someone who you know these people when you've chatted with them somebody who they, they seem like they they just want it they're very aggressive and they want to get into an argument in some way whether it's a, a, a physical one with some individuals or simply a an, uh, an argument together a, communi a communication arguments of some kind but again remember that here the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and how is evil described evil and how how is good described well evil is sin right and sin is transgression of the law so again you're pointed back to the law here but I, I think it's very interesting the way Proverbs points to it it's not just whereas Ecclesiastes is telling us fear God and keep his commandments so keeping the commandments is is part of fearing God but Proverbs also Proverbs goes straight to the heart this is how you think See, you can't just keep the commandments and secretly love to do evil you know you can't just keep the commandments quote-unquote in order to be saved which is what many people think they're doing but you you must hate evil also you must despise you must eschew as the Bible says it you must hate it and now how do we do that how do you hate evil how do you hate how do you hate sin because every every one of us has a sin that we love it could be pride it could be gossip it could be fornication which is something a lot of people don't want to talk about today but that is destroying so many people's lives it's the highest um, I think it's the when I well, at least when I got out of the military it was the fastest growing addiction at that time I'm sure it still is up there if not continuing to be the fastest growing addiction it was fornication so could be food overeating it could be it could be a number of things you know pick your poison each individual has their own weaknesses and things that they and how do you but so how do you stop that how do you stop yourself from loving that thing which you love well you really can't you can't stop it, it's not possible you need you need someone else to come in and change your heart you need to really be echoing the prayer of David in the 51st Psalm where he says create in me a clean heart O Lord and renew a right spirit within me he's asking the Lord for a miracle he's asking for a new creation of a new heart that he might be able to serve the Lord a new spirit new thoughts this can only be done folks when we are in subjection to God so you put Ecclesiastes and Proverbs together right there that's a very very tall order it, it means absolute submission it means begging God every morning for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and to change us from the inside out it means taking our devotion time very seriously in the mornings and in the evening time and having prayer in the spirit daily um, all these things are, are gonna are what's gonna make and break the individual now throughout the day there'll be temptations but you'll have the Spirit of the Lord with you to help you overcome them 
Now let's look at another verse here. Job chapter 28 and verse 28. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Wow. So again, the fear of the Lord is to is is wisdom. Departing from evil is understanding. So once again, a focus on keeping the commandments right there in Job. Let's take a look at another one. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So departing from evil is associated with the fear of the Lord. So when, when the, angel, the first angel is making this proclamation, fear God, what is he really saying? He's saying, repent, turn away from evil, stop hating evil, or, or stop, um, stop loving evil, rather. Learn to hate evil and keep his commandments, most of all. Keep the Lord's commandments. That's, that's really the message that's being proclaimed from the first angel. He's saying, keep the commandments of the Lord. Repent and keep the commandments of the Lord. Let's take a look at a couple more. Psalms chapter 112, verse 1. It says, praise you. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Once again, keeping the commandments, fear of the Lord, side by side. Another one, last one, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. It says, My son, if thou wilt perceive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as, as for hid treasures, then, thou shalt, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So once again, the fear of the Lord was given, and the prerequisite to receiving that fear of the Lord, keeping the commandments, according to that verse there. And we've got to ask ourselves, how many, how many ministries do you know that, that that's, that's the focus? That's what they're focusing on, keeping the commandments, telling people that they need to keep the commandments. I mean, look at the, look at the dire circumstances of our country. You know, the, the, the judgment is coming. The judgment is coming very soon. I think that's very clear. And remember, the Bible says, though, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in the land. Still, uh, the judgments are coming regardless. And I, I don't think we have people like that right now. I mean, maybe we do somewhere. You know, maybe we do. But a Noah, a Job, and a Daniel in the land? This country has been flagrantly evil for a long time. We have to let go of the idea that, that God is going to perform some miracle to preserve this country. I mean, he could. It, it, it would be up to him. You know, he could. But don't expect it is what I'm saying. Don't expect God to perform some type of miracle to save a country which has completely cast him off. I just ran into an individual just the other day that 
they lost they lost an animal and they were talking about god like how could god let this happen and and this is this is the type this is what's so annoying to me this is the type of christianity that we have nowadays we think god's some kind of santa claus figure where he's just going to rain down gifts and make your life perfect no he's not I mean, what would that, that individual's ready to cast off God because their dog died? Are you kidding me? What would they say to Job, who lost his entire family and still kept the faith? What would they say to the countless martyrs that sang hymns in the flames, people that were tortured? Peter, crucified upside down. Paul, beheaded. James, beheaded. All the disciples were, were killed in, in horrific ways. That's the, that's the thanks they got from God, you know, for the work they did. That's not how they thought about it. They thought it was an honor. They thought it was an honor to die for their Lord. And what would that person who lost their dog and is ready to cast off God because of that what would they say to all those families, all those true Christian families that have lost sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers for the gospel's sake? It really bothers me that there are, that, but this is the Christianity we have in the, in the great United States of America. People might not, not, might not come out and say it anymore as much, but you can find it, you can find it. It's the prosperity gospel. That's what people believe here in the United States. By and large, doesn't really matter the denomination. They're preaching the prosperity gospel and people are eating it up. Absolutely eating it up. So why, why, why are we in this state of affairs? I have a quote from uh, Ellen White here. It's uh, subtitled, A Loyal Company. Manuscript 92 from 1904, it says this, The churches have become as described in the 18th chapter of Revelation. Why are the messages of Revelation 14 given? Because the principles of the churches have become corrupted. Wow. So all of this, all the issues that are going on here in the United States and abroad are because of the failures of the churches. That doesn't mean individuals on a case-by-case -case basis, you might be doing the right thing. I'm not saying you're a failure, but by and large, the churches have watered down their message, have they not? They've watered down their message. Is there a straight testimony even now, even with all the insanity that's going on right now, is there a straight testimony coming from mainstream denominations? Pick one. doesn't matter if it's Seventh-day Adventist or not. You have Seventh-day Adventist uh, leaders that have sided with the Black Lives Matter organization. You know, the same way Jesus got involved in uh, political affairs himself, right? This is, this is the problem. The churches have become corrupted. They've lost their way. And our leaders and our, our people that we supposedly look to as shining lights and stars, they might be going out soon. They might be stars that go out because they're focused on the wrong things and and they need to to wake up just as much as these other churches do 
They need to wake up just as much as the other churches do and get back to the fundamentals of our message. And I don't mean that meanly. I don't mean that to say that I'm better than anybody else. I'm not. We all have to come alongside each other and finish this work together without envying wrath with just unity of, of, of mind and heart and message to, to work for the Lord. Going on with the quote, it says, Apparently the whole world is guilty of receiving the mark of the beast, but the prophet sees a company who are not worshipping the beast, who have not received his mark, and their foreheads are in their hands. Here is the patience of the saints, he declares. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now that's how that chapter ends in Revelation chapter 14. It says... Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Right there, really where the first angel's message starts, where he actually starts to preach, says to preach the everlasting gospel, but then when he actually speaks, saying with a loud voice, fear God, that's where he starts with, is keeping the commandments. Isn't that amazing? And again, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of other verses that we could have looked at here in regards to fear God and its association with the commandments. But it looks like wow, it looks like we're looks like we're just about out of time here. So I have a lot to I still have a lot to cover. I didn't realize how much that was going to how long that was going to take, but I still have a lot to cover in regards to giving glory to him and exactly what that means. So we'll take a look at that next time. Um, giving glory to God and exactly what that means specifically in our own lives and in our Christian walk. So we'll close it out there. So if, if, if anything, I can summarize. Fear God. Fearing God is is keeping the commandments of God, but, but keeping them in a way, um, keeping them not just in the letter, but in the spirit. So keeping them with your whole heart. Now that's something you can't do. You can't do that. So you have to look to Christ. You have to ask for him to impart to you his righteousness. He is the Lord, our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Whatever, whatever righteousness we supposedly have, it's his. It comes from him. So... What we need to do is we just need to be in prayer every single day that he would bestow this amazing gift upon us. And we need to let go of every sin that we have. And if we're unable to do that, we can beg him. We can ask him. We can plead. We can anguish before him and ask him to do what we cannot do for ourselves. That he might both will give us the power to will to do of his good pleasure. That's what we want. We want the ability to will to do it because we make promises and then we don't end up keeping them. And that's because we lack the power to do so. Or we give in to the temptation willingly. So it depends. But we, we have to get to a point because we are running out of time we are really running out of time. We have to get to a point where we uh, we cast off every sin, we lay it at the feet of Christ, and then we just ask him to just 
do with us whatever he will, that we could be his instruments in this world. And then the adventure really begins. I'm Cody Mori. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. We'll catch you next time. God bless.